Hey guys, my name is Ryan Zofe. I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profits. Welcome to the Go Big to Get Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Okay, okay, okay. I cannot wait for you guys to hear today's episode. We just got done recording with the incredible Ryan Zofe, who is the founder of We Level Up Treatment Centers and Academy. And he is helping people not only get sober, but also get a taste of self-development to help them become the best humans that they can. And this episode, man, it gave me goosebumps so many times because Ryan is the definition of go big to give big. From literally being pronounced dead to waking up facing lifetime prison sentencing, and then going on to be sued for $10 million a little bit later in his life, to then go in building a nine-figure company, donating hundreds of thousands of dollars, endless hours of his time, and all to a greater cause. This guy is so special. I could probably do a 30-minute intro on the episode and how good it was, but I want you to listen and hear for yourself the incredible journey that he has gone on and also the amount of generosity that he oozes. In the episode, he even live in the recording pledged to make a $5,000 donation to the charity of our choice. And just so you guys know, we have decided to go with the International Network of Hearts. That is an orphanage that our good friend Larry Tucker runs, um, where they help sex trafficked children get housing and take care of them. So if you want this holiday season, go check them out. And if you're looking for a place to donate, uh, I know that your support would be greatly appreciated. And they're an incredible charity. You can even hear about them on episode 26 of this podcast where we interviewed Larry. As for that, you can tell I'm fired up for you to listen to this episode. So let's just jump right into the conversation with our new friend, Ryan Zofe. All right. We are excited to welcome our new friend, Ryan Zofe to the show, dude. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, I'm fired up for this. We were just chatting a little bit uh, before we started, and it sounds like you have an incredible business and an even more incredible story. And I'd love for you to kind of just walk us through a little bit of the cliff notes of you know how you went from a, a drug addict, a, a dropout, a teen in juvie, to this incredibly successful entrepreneur looking at a hundred million dollars in revenue. You know, mentoring under Tony Robbins, and and just being such a genuine human and helping people get and battle their addictions, like. That is a that is a transformation and a half, man. So I'd love to hear how it came about. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. And, and I'll tell you, man, like it's been a lot of work to create this version of Ryan. Um, you know, October 9th last month, I celebrated 21 years in recovery. And that was the starting point for me and my journey. So when I was 16 years old, I had a um I had an automobile accident and I was pronounced dead at the scene. And yeah, man, it was pretty wild. I was trauma-hawked to the hospital. Um, I don't really remember much of of that weekend. I remember waking up in the juvenile detention facility, looking at twenty five to life, and 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 it was it was such a it was such a a scary moment for me. I really didn't even know how I got there. I'm 16 years old, and and everything was like a dream. Everything was like a blur, and and then all of a sudden, it was like a stop in time. Was like boom, here you are. Your life is over. You're you're never gonna see, you you're never you're never gonna see the 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 you know normal society ever again. You're never gonna have a normal life ever again. You're gonna be behind bars. And I remember, you know, and I'd like to give all the credit to me. Like this is something that I've done. It, it's it's truly my higher power and it. It's a lot of faith. I, I believe in I believe in God and I believe in, um, you know, everything has been given to me as a gift and and I'm so honored for that and I'm grateful for that. And so when I was in the juvenile detention facility, I remembered 
uh, the pastor came up to me and she says, you know, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. Like, I don't know what, I mean, I don't, you know, what am I supposed to be acting like? And, um, I was like being a little brat and whatnot. And, uh, she's like, she's like, do you believe in God? And I was like, yeah, but God's not going to get me out of this one. Like, like, like I'm done. Like I have 21 felonies. Like I've already spent two years in juvie. There's no way I'm getting out. Like it's over. Like they told me two times ago, if they ever see me in the courtroom again, it's over. And she said, young man, she says, I just want you to believe that I believe. And she says, God's talking. There's something on my heart right now. And God wants me to share this moment with you. And, and there's something bigger that God has for you. And I was like, come on, lady, like, like seriously, like I get all that woo woo like stuff, but, um, this is just not realistic. And, um, and, and lo and behold, man, 45 days after that, the judge, it was, it was the judge's last day and he didn't want to send me away for 25 years. So he gave me one more chance. And that was like my first experience where God really showed himself to me. And I was like, holy crap, man. This, it, was, it was such an unbelievable moment for me. I was crying. I was trembling in the courtroom. And uh, I knew at that moment, God had a bigger plan for me. So then, so then you get out of this, this you know, traumatic change of course, and, and you decide to get sober. And then how do you go from like, it just blows my mind. Like, how do you go from, uh, you know, being a troubled kid, getting this final chance, you get this strike of greatness. That's like, hey, there's something bigger for me. And then you're like, I'm just going to go create a business that's going to go change the world. Like, like, what does that look like coming out of there with the excitement to want to go help others and the journey to get sober? Yeah, sure. So when I first got into recovery, I got out of juvie when I was 17 years old. So at this point, I had about nine months because I was locked up for the nine months fighting the case and doing everything I could to get out. And I did 90 days in, in a rehab center. So by the time I got on the streets, I was 17 years old and I had uh, I had a uh, a passion for recovery. I was, I got sober at such a young age and there were so many guys that looked up to me because I got sober so young. It was, it was such an amazing experience for me. I lived in a halfway house. We played a lot of sports and, and we hung out with a lot of the kids and it kept me preoccupied. Um, I went back to, to school, got my GED, ended up getting a high school diploma. Um, and, and so like the first five years of my recovery was all about just, just doing the right thing, helping other kids, spreading the message, sponsoring guys in halfway houses. And so I didn't really have the business mindset at that time. And that that really didn't start until about 2007. So I had about seven, year, seven years of sobriety um, when I started entering into like the business mind and wanting to, to, to be an entrepreneur. And, and the first choice I chose wasn't uh, such a um, giving... Um, career, so to speak, I, I became a commodity broker and it was a lot of aggressive sales practices um, that that ran for about five years. And what was interesting is through that time, my my mother, which was a very uh, a sober support for me at the time, she ended up relapsing when I when I started this career. And so I turned to greed and ego and, and I was very arrogant and I thought money was going to solve my problem. And so I was in that industry for about five years. In 2012, I was sued by the Federal Trade Commission for for ten million dollars, and my fiance at the time she she left me, and I was literally at the lowest point in my life. I lost everything. Um, my father was like, "This this isn't my son. My son wouldn't do stuff like this." And I was so ashamed of who I became because I I had this 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 unbelievable reputation of of helping guys in recovery, and here I found myself. Um, you know, aggressively putting people in investments that weren't in their best interests, uh, only looking out for myself, um, not treating my fiance the way I wanted to treat her. And, 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 and I believe God did the best thing that could have happened to me, which was slowed me down, stopped me in that moment. And so, which I'm grateful for. At the time, I wasn't grateful. I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not, it was not cool at all, man. I was like, this is, this sucks, man. Um, and I was I was more more ashamed of of, of who I became and, and who I allowed myself to be. Um, and the lesson there is is you know following through and being committed to the journey of help and giving back. And I know the podcast is all about giving. And and the truth is I f I forgot about that. I stopped doing that. I stopped serving others. And I started becoming so selfish. And it became all about me. And I thought making money was going to solve my problem. 
And so that was when I had my first experience with personal development. And I went to a program called Onsite. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's in Nashville, Tennessee. Unbelievable program. They've been around for about 35 years. They do a lot of experiential therapy, a lot of inner child work, psychodrama. And so this was the first time I got to really understand why I was choosing the behaviors that I was choosing, why I was so in resentment and why I was blaming everybody around me, why I was blaming the circumstances that I was in. And, um, and that's actually where I made the decision to open up a drug and alcohol rehab centers because they were able to, to work with me on identifying my passions, what I was good at, what lights me up inside. And everything kept turning back to my first five years in recovery when I was living in the halfway houses. I was, you know, sponsoring guys on on sporting teams, you know, just always doing stuff with the guys and helping and mentoring people. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And so that business I started in 2013. Um, and and I'll tell you, man, it's 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 been a very it's it's been a big challenge for me. It has not been such an easy road over the last 10 years. Um, but it was, it was, there was the first, the first time in my life where I knew I was right where I needed to be. I knew that everything that I've been through had got me to that point, which I was extremely grateful for. Dude, that's amazing. I love that. And it, it seems like, you know, uh, sometimes you have to go down different paths to find the one that you were uh, meant to be on. And, uh, I'd love for you to just, uh, close the loop for me now. So what is, uh, we level up treatment centers now? Like, like how big are you, where are you located? You know, what does it look like as a corporation now from just this idea to to go from, hey, I'm going to go create some treatment centers to then again, building this incredible business? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so there's been a couple of different iterations of brands that that I was involved with. Um, it originally started, the name of the company was Holistics by the Sea, which I, I ended up buying into a, a program that wasn't doing so well with marketing and sales. And that was something I felt comfortable with. That was something I, I understood. Um, so I got involved with that program. And then we ended up growing. We added a couple more locations, and and really my my journey started. And when the brand, the the lifestyle brand of We Level Up was created, was in 2019, um, which was my second event. I went with Tony Robbins. So my first event was October eight, uh, October 2008. Excuse me, August 2018. I went to my first Tony Robbins event, and I and I understood business operator versus entrepreneur, understanding like how to really scale a business. What are the steps that are necessary so that I can get my team to buy into me? Because that was really what it was. What what it boiled down to is is I'm managing people, I'm managing personalities, and so how can I influence and inspire my organization to be better and do more and do it much faster without reprimanding them and doing it in such a way that 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 they feel like it's their idea or they feel like it's in their best interest to be the best version of themselves, and so. When I left my second event with Tony, I, I knew I needed something that really spoke to my heart, something that I was super passionate about. And my entire life was designed to level up. And so I'm like, all right, so what could be a cool name? It started off with Level Up. And then I was like, well, it's a WEE program. You know, recovery is all about helping each other. And it's a WEE program. So then I was like, well, it's just not me leveling up, it's WE leveling up. Because even you guys on this podcast right now, I wouldn't have an opportunity to level up right now if you guys weren't on the same path that I was on. So the, it just spoke to my heart, spoke to my soul. And that's when we really took off from, from 2019 till today. Um, we've grown the organization to 450 employees. We have seven locations in five states and 2023 will probably break, break about 110 to 115 million in revenue. Damn. <laughs> Ryan, dude, you are just freaking incredible man like the uh, the journey that you've gone through you know is, is so unique and and it's so relatable for a lot of people as well uh and i'm just grateful that you're here and opening up to to share your wisdom and your experience and and you know there's this wonderful quote um that tim story has which is i think it's Tim story which is your miracle or sorry your success is somebody else's miracle and it's these stories that are being shared right now that are going to inspire somebody just to take some action, maybe you know, kill some addiction or something along those lines, and level up uh, to to new heights. And there's this other incredible quote that you just totally embodied, man, which is like, "To become your best self, you have to kill off your old self." Do you believe that? Uh, absolutely, dude. I'm shedding old versions of myself every day, man. You know, it's 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 like they say, there's so many layers to an onion. Every as soon as as soon as you get to a new level, there's a new devil, right? There's new insights. 
There's 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 new information. There's there's truths about yourself that you didn't see, you know, six months ago. And so it's it's just constant evolving. And and Tony has this this phrase. It's the Kanai mindset. It's constant, never ending improvement. And so like every single day, as soon as you feel like you've accomplished something, you just entered into a new level. And now there's a whole nother level that you need to get to. And so that focus and that mindset has been the driver to how we've grown so exponentially over the last four years. And and it's it's about the team. It's about the community. It's about who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super grateful that I have the team that I have because I play my part in it, but I have rock stars that that elevate my game, that challenge me, that want to see the best in me as I want to see the best in them. And so it's it's reciprocal, right? It's it's we're we're constantly working together to to meet the same common goal, which is impacting more lives. I mean, we we literally impact ten thousand patients a year, and so that's that's such a such a uh, an important role in this world that there's no room for error. We're talking about people's lives. You know, we say we save ten thousand lives a year. I mean, I I don't know what else I could be doing that I'd be prefer to be doing. Man, it's such an honor, dude. So to to have that responsibility, I have to step up my game. You know, I have to be on point. I have to I have to be willing to 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 perform at the highest level. Um, and so yeah, man. And again, that's a perfect segue. Actually, the question I want to ask you is how how does entrepreneurship and personal development go hand in hand? So it's interesting. So when I was at Tony's in 2019, I'm sitting there and Tony talks about the X factor. Like, what's going to be your X factor? Why are they going to choose you over other organizations? Why are they going to work for you over other organizations? And so I had some personal development experience. And I remembered in those course rooms, when you help somebody get through a breakthrough or when you help somebody identify something that's been that's preventing them from from loving unconditionally or or maybe like learning how to forgive somebody that did them wrong or rekindling an old relationship the bond that you saw in those moments was priceless nothing else exceeded that experience so i was like wow imagine if i could do that to every single one of my employees and so a light bulb went off and I was like, okay, I need to master personal development. I need to master um, you know, facilitating these courses. And, and so that was when my journey began. Um, and and I've, I've done about 7,000 hours over the last six years in personal development, learning how to facilitate seminars and going to about 1,500 hours with Tony Robbins. And so how they, how they overlap, people show up to work, right? They're, they have a responsibility. They have a job duty. Well, if somebody is in a state of anxiety or a state of fear, what is the likelihood that they're going to perform at their best? It's it's a lot less, right, guys? So I'm like, okay, if I can give them the tools that no matter what's going on in life, they know how to shift their state. They know how to focus on what's important and put themselves in a beautiful state so that they can perform for the patients, right? And it's 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 a method and it's a lot of stuff that we do here that really gets them to focus on the outcome. The outcome isn't me. The outcome is that patient that's laying in that bed that needs us. And so when we take it off of ourselves and we put it on the patient, we put it on the people that we're serving, it makes it much more easier to show up and be our best selves. And so I think it's everything. I I think personal development, professional development, it all aligns with who I'm being in this very moment, who I'm showing up as, how is the world experiencing me? And how the world experiences me and how the world views me is how I feel about myself. And so it all comes back to how I'm showing up and what am I doing to take care of myself? I love that you ask yourself those questions because I think one of the the things that I've learned specifically this year, but many times over the last six years that I've been, six or seven years that I've been really hard on the personal development journey is the self-reflection, right? You ask yourself those questions and then you get to intentionally create the answer because it's not a reaction anymore. It's an intentional decision on how you're going to show up and how you're going to interact with your people. And um, speaking of your people, um, you have, you're in five different states. You have multiple different um, locations. Uh, you got a ton of people that work, um, you know, with you and for you. How are you able to communicate, I guess, like, how do you communicate? How do you communicate that mission, that passion, that drive for continually to be yourself with all those people in all those different locations? Sure, absolutely. And do you mind, Steve? I'd like to highlight something that you mentioned. You know, asking questions, right? So, our, the human mind is a, a meaning-making mechanism, right? And it's a problem-solving mechanism. So, 
our mind is always scanning what's wrong, right? That's the primal brain. 95% of what we do is unconscious. And so your primal brain is constantly scanning the horizon. What's wrong? What's scary? What do I need to protect myself from? So if you're asking yourself questions, your brain is designed to find the answer. And so it's all about asking the right question. You ask the right question, you're going to get a good answer. You ask a shitty question, you're going to get a shitty answer. And so like a lot of people say like, why am I fat? Well, because you're fat. You don't go to the gym. I mean, you don't do what you need to do. It's asking a different question. Like, what can I do to prevent myself from being fat? You're going to get a different answer. And I just use that metaphor as an example because the, the reality is the, the, the strategy behind finding ways to, to lose weight there's a gym on every corner. There's there's a there's a diet app on on every you know every every app store or whatever you want to call it. And so and so to to answer your question, how do I communicate with all of my employees? I I specifically supervise the directorship and the executive suites of the organization. And so I do a weekly training program with them every Tuesday from three to five o'clock. And I'll do different training programs. And then they're instructed to go replicate that training with their team. So there's this training platform that the entire organization does from top to bottom. And everybody has a responsibility and a team that they're assigned to, to lead these trainings. And so every single week I bring a new training and everybody else does that training. Um, and then I, I jump in and I, I'll go to different facilities. Like this year, I'm going to go to each facility four times. So I'm going to go to 28 facilities this year. Um, and I'm going to do trainings and I'm going to show face and I'm going to connect with them. And, and then we do zooms. We do, I do, I created a coaching program where, um, for two hours a week, uh, anybody in the organization, they're more than welcome to zoom in and I'll do different segments. Um, I'll do different training programs and, and get them focused on, on, on the mission at hand. And, and it's just being, being consistent, man. Repetition is the mother of skill, right? And consistency makes the non-believers believers. And so if I just keep showing up and being relentless, eventually I'm going to get them to buy in. Dude, you have one of the craziest cultures that you've, <laughs> in, like, I'm like, I'm like seeing this. I'm like, you don't really have like a, a company. You have like a self-development program, which is your company, which is facilitating uh, and, and helping with rehab. And obviously they go hand in hand, but that is a very cool culture to create when you have a big organization that it is, it, it does sound like basically like, like a Tony Robbins training program built for your employees. Like how incredible is that? And no wonder you're so successful because all your team members are buying into it. Like that is cool. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And definitely give shout out to Tony Robbins, man. I would not be where I'm at today if it wasn't for him. He's a beautiful soul, man. He's, he's helped me tremendously. Um, and, and something that you said, you know, I, I'm not able to teach somebody how to transform their life if I'm not willing to do that work myself. And so that's the message here. Like, how are you going to tell this patient that is dealing with anxiety and, and, and depression and, and is, is frustrated to, to, to be calm and to, and to enter into a state of peace if you're frustrated and you're anxious, you know, just because they're they're newly in recovery doesn't mean they have the, they don't have the same emotions that we do, right? Everybody has the same emotions. So if I'm frustrated and I show up and I'm frustrated with this patient, they're going to experience it. And so the the calling here, the standard that our organization, I mean, I'll tell you, man. In the beginning, we had a lot of people that didn't want to work here. Um, they they felt like there was this commingling of personal and professional, and they didn't understand it's an integration. How I show up here is how I show up everywhere. You know, if I'm showing up like an asshole at home, you think I'm going to show up to work and be different? I may be able to put on a mask and I, I may be able to uh, trick people long enough, but eventually that mask is going to come down and that person that's being an asshole at home will show up at work. And so leadership starts at home. How you're taking care of yourself, how you're treating your wife, how are you treating your kids, how are you treating yourself? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is phenomenal. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving every second of this. Um, I wanted to, uh, to just talk to you a little bit about mentorship, obviously, uh, coming from the, the rehab space and having sponsors and stuff, mentorship is probably a huge part of your life. And then you brought that into the business world where you're now you're mentoring under Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone, a bunch of incredible entrepreneurs. How has mentorship, uh, impacted you from that original space to now? And how can people get more of that in their lives or go and pursue it if they're kind of stuck in this space of not knowing where to go next or not knowing what the next move is? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question, man. And, and first, so we do have a personal development program that we we hold here locally in Delray Beach. 
Um, we, we're doing six this year. So if anybody wanted to come and be a part of that, it's free. We offer it to the community. It's a way for me to give back and serve. Um, and in terms of mentorship, I mean, proximity is everything, guys, right? It's like if if I surround myself with somebody that has the cheat code, then I'm going to, that cheat code is going to rub off on me and I'm going to be able to condense time. I'm going to be able to get much further, much faster and, 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 and do it on much fewer steps. And so proximity is everything. I mean, I have five coaches, literally. I have uh, two sponsors and two 12-step programs. I have uh, inner child therapists. I have a business coach from Tony Robbins. I get coached by Tony Robbins. And then I have a, a, a nutritionist and, a, and a, a personal trainer. And so for me, like I don't want to use my brain power on how to how how to show up in different areas of my life. Like I want to show up in my coach that is paid, that's designed to push me to see the best in me is going to challenge me, and I'm going to raise my level to their standard. And and that's I literally I I compete like a professional for life in every single area of my life. So areas that are important for me, I get a coach. And, and, and they push me and, and then I reflect on a year, on a yearly basis, I do yearly planning and I look back and I'm like, holy crap, like I can't believe I accomplished all of that this year. So yeah, man, coaching and, and mentorship, it's so important. You want to you learn from the best. You want to see how the best does it and you can adopt those behaviors and you can model those behaviors. Man, I think I kind of love you. <laughs> I love you guys, man. <laughs> oh, dude, no, uh, this is this is such a great conversation, and and I think it's so needed, and and it just like it, you know, this is the type of conversation that Randy and I will have on any given day at any given time, and we'll just like eat it up. So I love it. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about like the uh, what I would imagine feels very like giving for you on, on how you've been able to create this business and and the business that you're actually in. So like, what is for you anyways, I think it might vary for, for everybody, but for you, what is like the intrinsic value that you get out of helping like the community level up? Oh man, it's 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 priceless, dude. It's it's what it's all about, man. Because there was a time in my life when I was helpless, I was hopeless, I had no idea how I was gonna get to the next day. And somebody slowed down and gave me the attention and loved me when I couldn't love myself. And that is the very reason why I am who I am today. And it would be so selfish of me not to be willing to give that back to the next person. And because that's been the foundation of my entire life, my life is the way it is today. And, and like I told you guys, there was five years, there was a five-year stretch when I stopped giving and I and I stopped being this so unconditionally loving version of Ryan. And and I paid the consequences for that. I, I truly did, man. And so when when you're able to connect with somebody at the deepest level and and you get to be vulnerable and you get to show them what it looks like to to cry or what it looks like to be scared and let them know that it's okay we don't always have to have all the answers and there's this loving connection and bond that happens i mean dude that's that's everything you know money can't buy that money can't give you that satisfaction and so there's this knowing that's happening like we're experiencing right now we know right now we are all on the same path together in life because of the language that I'm using, because of the vulnerability that you guys are experiencing, and I'm receiving that information from you guys. Understand, the way you guys are showing up on this podcast is, is giving me the freedom and the comfort to be vulnerable and open, and I feel your hearts, and this is what it's all about. So the intrinsic value is like unconditional love is what it all goes back to, right? It's, it's what it's all about. What else is there? Everybody wants to experience love. Everybody wants to love people. So this this is the best gift, um, un, the best untold gift that that most people aren't really aware of or even understand. And you think more people can do that on a regular basis, like in just general life together? You know, I think it's it's it's, it's often a conversation on this podcast where it's not the norm. You sometimes feel like a black sheep. How do you walk out of that that black sheep aspect and and just open it up with that unconditional love and still be received that way. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys something. So there's, do you mind if I give you guys uh, a gift? Yeah. I so, love gifts. All right. So it's so Christmas like, time, man. It's, it's, it uh, you got to start giving us some gifts. My birthday's on Monday too. So, uh, oh, birthday present, yeah. Christmas present. And so I, before I do that, I just thought of it because you said it's gift, it's time to giving. So I'm going to pledge $5,000 to any non-for-profit you guys want me to, to donate oh. to it. Dude, yeah, man, that that that's without even saying. God bless you guys. Super special. 
Yeah, man. So that's my gift. But that was what I was going to teach you guys. So there's three dimensions of a relationship, right? And so the first dimension of a relationship is it's all about me, right? What can I get out of this relationship? What are you going to give me in this relationship? And so think about how people feel when you're having that type of relationship. They're feeling used. They're not feeling important. And there was a time in my life, that's how I showed up. That's the version of Ryan people got to experience. And then I thought I evolved. I thought I got to the second dimension of a relationship, which is what society talks about today, which is equality, right? Everything's got to be equal. Every, like if I give you five, you give me five, things are great. Everything's equal. Well, how do you think people feel if I'm constantly keeping score? And as soon as they don't give me five, I'm like, wait a minute. Now you're not giving me five. This is a conditional relationship. Hold on. Now I don't feel so good anymore. Now I feel like it's unfair. And now we're sitting here measuring each other on how much each one of us is given. There's, there's really no relationship there. Once I got to the third dimension of a relationship, which is your needs or my needs, how can I serve you without any expectations? And that doesn't mean give more of me than I have to give. That means just give everything that I have to you unconditionally. And when I started showing up in that version of myself, everybody experienced that. Everybody experienced that version of Ryan. And then stuff started coming to me beyond my imagination. I mean, literally to the point where I'm like, I, I don't even want to accept this. Like it felt, it feels uncomfortable at times, but I also know that's the cheat code to life. And there was a time when I didn't know that. And I know I gave you a complex answer to, to, to a simple question. And, and I don't think it's so simple, right? Because it's not easy to show up in a third dimension of relationship, right? If I step into a room with you, Steve, and you're like, hey, Ryan, I'm having a bad day. The other day, you're really a shithead to me. And I saw you speeding the like run the red light and you almost hit that lady. Uh, you know, you're, you're just, you, you know, you need to calm down, Ryan. I might receive that in a way. I'm like, oh shit. But if I'm like, you know what, man, you're right, dude. I'm sorry, man. You're right. I was being an asshole. I, 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 I honor you, dude. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to take responsibility for that. I love you, dude. And then, hey, how can I make it up to you? You know, that diffuses any frustration that diffuses any conflict. And then all of a sudden I'm taking responsibility for myself and I'm owning what I did and what, what I do. And this, this could be a, a, a good method for anybody that's listening. Um, my default is when anybody confronts me with anything, I always take it as if it's true, even if I don't like it. So if you come up to me and say something and I don't like it, then more than likely it's probably something I need to hear. So it's, it's rule of thumb for me. So if you guys come to me like, Hey dude, you're doing this, you're doing that. I'm like, Oh, I take a moment. I slow down and I'm like, okay, I see how it's right. I see where it fits. And that's, that's been huge for me. Dude, that is, I have like, I have so many notes from this session. Like, like it's not very often that I'm, I'm interviewing a podcast and I have a bunch of notes I'm like, Oh man, I need to work on this. So <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> that is phenomenal, dude. Uh, I want to take a few minutes and just jump into um some of your philanthropic adventures that you've done um and i'd love for you to start sharing a little bit about uh your hope scholarship that you're doing because i think it's so phenomenal that you're able to help so many people so walk us through like what is the hope scholarship and and how is it impacting some lives yeah man it's near dear to my heart i um you know being in recovery myself both parents were addicted uh both parents are no longer here because of their addiction uh so god you know god rest their soul uh, we felt as an organization, it wouldn't be right. We, we receive 10,000 phone calls a month. Um, we're only able to, to serve maybe two or 3% of those people that are calling in. And we're never always 100% full. We usually have a handful of beds that are open. And so we were in our seven by seven leadership meeting and we were talking about how can we improve our X factor? What could we do as an organization to truly impact our community and somebody came up with the Hope Scholarship. And so I thought it was a great idea. And, and so there's, there's a process that they have to go through to ensure that they're not you know, manipulating the system, which you know, that doesn't happen, but there's just some formality that has to happen because of the insurance companies. They don't like us giving scholarships away because it has to be fair across the board. So there's like this le legality process we have to go through. And once they qualify, then we give them a scholarship. And, and we're probably doing two to three of these scholarships a month. And so we're really passionate about it and we're, we're super, we actually, I had a personal development event um, in November and one of the scholarships that came to our program five years ago, um, he came and visited us and, and he's, he's a lead at his church 
He has a full-time job. He's back engaged with his with his family. Um, he's, he's a father to his kids. And so being able to see the impact in this man's life, I mean, it's, it's worth it 10 times over. So we're honored to be able to do this and, and to share something that, that has significantly changed my life. That's so phenomenal, dude. I want to ask you a question that, uh, that we love to just pick people's brains on that are just so philanthropic minded as they're building businesses, but like, do you believe that people put more effort into building businesses and doing things in life if there's a giving component attached to it. So say there's like a bigger purpose that's driving them to do it. Me personally, I, that is my view, right? And so a lot of times fear prevents us from doing most things in life, right? And so we can't get rid of fear. Fear is hardwired in every single one of us. The question is, is how do we use the fear to find leverage so that we can serve at a higher level? right? So fear is blocking us from being who we want to be, right? So let's say this organization needs $100,000 and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to afford to give that organization 100K when I have all these other responsibilities? Well, now there's the moment of leverage, right? And so now it becomes bigger than you and it becomes, it becomes much greater. The impact is much bigger. And so for me, that's how I find leverage because now not, not, only, not only am I thinking about the employees and the people that I have to take care of. Now I'm thinking about this other commitment that I made, like like the Hope Scholarship or the Hospitality Helping Hands or the Home Safe organization that that we've donated to. And so for me, it truly gives me this 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 passion inside to to make more money so that I can serve more. The more money I make, the more impact I can have. And I'm going to share this with you guys. I I haven't shared this with anybody, but I, I think it's on my heart to share it. So I'm sitting in church, my pastor, he's, he's a, a new lead pastor and he's probably six months in and he, he's ambitious. He's young. He's like 32, 33, just took over the, the lead pastor position from his father. And, and he's, he's a beautiful soul, beautiful man. And he was doing his legacy offering, um, November, December of last year before the new year. And he says he had this $300,000 legacy offer offering so he can open up a new location. And they, they only have raised like 20 grand at this point. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I was like, okay, I, I'm called to donate. I, I need to help. I need, I need to help. And then I started negotiating with myself. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe I'll do 20K. Maybe I'll do 50K. And I'm like, maybe I'll ask him like how much he's donated um, at the end of the year. And then what's the gap? And I'll fill in the gap. And I'm sitting here negotiating this with myself, right? And so I leave church on Sunday. Um, Monday comes along. I wasn't thinking about it much. Tuesday comes along. I wake up and I'm driving to one of my home groups and it was after work. It was the afternoon and my FTC lawyer calls me, the gentleman who helped me fight my case when I got sued for $10 million. And I got off the phone randomly. I haven't talked to this guy in three years. Like, Hey, just check it in see how things are going. And I hung up the phone and my next thought was, wow. This is God giving me a sign right now. If I put my greed in front of money, I will lose everything again. And so I went to the meeting. I came home that night. I had some crazy dreams. I woke up Wednesday morning. I'm in my shower crying because I can't believe the man I was during that time. And I was so thankful that God gave me another opportunity and God gave me another chance at life. I, I sold my house during the pandemic and I made exactly $300,000 more than I would have if I would have sold it prior to the to the pandemic. So you guys know the real estate market went nuts. And so I'm sitting there, I had the 300K and I'm like, and I'm I get in my shower, I'm crying. I'm like, thank you God so much. I called my pastor. I said, Pastor Donnie, I said, I, I want to, I want to get, I'm shaking. I'm like on the phone, like Pastor Donnie, this is like biggest donation I've ever given in my life. And I'm like, I, I want to give you this, this legacy offering that you're asking for. And he's like, oh, okay, well, like, can you be more specific? I'm like, yeah, yeah the, the, the entire thing. And he's like, we just want to be clear. He said, you're saying you want to give me $300,000? I was like, yes, please hurry because this is not easy. He starts dialing He got there like five minutes flat. I don't know where he was, but he must have flew in on a ship. And, and he came in and, and, and we prayed in, in, the, in the front office and I was crying and, and he just couldn't believe it. And what's so cool about that is I had no intentions. That was just for me to serve him and to give this to him. And now he's one of my best friends. I mean, he calls me on a regular basis. I'm actually going to Jerusalem with him on November 8th to the 17th. 
um, which which was invited, and I'm so grateful and so blessed. And what's cool is he reports to me. I mean, he's you know he's connecting people that didn't have faith and didn't believe in Jesus, and now they have that relationship with God, and and that that was on my heart. And God used me to to help facilitate that, and I'm just so honored. So the the question is, man, is is the gift of life or the 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 gift of living is giving, man. It's all about giving. I'm a speechless a little bit, but it reminds me of the story I heard from Tony Robbins once where uh, he went into this restaurant and he had like 26 bucks to his name and he watched, like he was trying to literally figure out like what the hell he was going to do next. And um, then he watches this young, like six or seven year old boy and his mom walk in and kids all like dressed up. He's got the tie on. He's got like this little fancy six year old suit type of thing on and, and um, walks in like, Tony sees him open the door for his mom, pull the chair back, push the chair in, come over and, and whatnot. And uh, Tony's literally got like $26 to his name. And he walks over to this this young gentleman and goes, you're such an inspiration. You're such a gentleman. Thank you so much for what you just did um, and for 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 taking your mom out or taking your uh, this lady out for a date. And this kid goes, yeah, thanks, man. But this, this is my mom. And he goes, I'm not really taking her for a date. She goes, yeah, you are. Here's $26. Pay for your guys' dinners together. And walked out of that um, that restaurant with $0 to his name. And, you know, I won't get into the full story, but th that all came back to him, obviously, and then some because of who he is today. Uh, but wow. Hell of a story, dude. And uh, speaking of stories, is there another one you want to share with us here uh, that is maybe your favorite moment of giving? doesn't have to be a $300,000 check. You know, it could be something really small and, and just really meaningful to you that when you think back on, still kind of gives you goosebumps today. Yeah, I mean, so that one was probably one of my favorite just because it was such a, a pivotal moment in my life um, because I had such abundance and I was I was trying to negotiate with myself and I knew clearly that I made the additional 300K and it was literally would have been a wash. I, it wouldn't have impacted me at all. And it was just such a big number that I was like, oh my God, like how, how am I going to do this? And I'm just grateful that that God gave me the signs and I was aware enough. I've done enough of the work to see the signs and it was such a beautiful opportunity to give. Um, and I actually started uh, something that's really cool that, that I started um is with a part of my brand is is i'm doing these giveaways where i'm meeting random people and doing acts of kindness and 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 giving money away or giving scholarships or giving food or um so i have one that that that's that's pretty cool my um one of my best friends i grew up with died of a heroin overdose um a couple years ago and he had a newborn daughter that was on the way and his mother um you know she 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 does okay she doesn't make a lot of money and I touch base with her now and time and time again and and she's she lets me know that um you know she, she had a she had a vehicle that wasn't doing so well and she was asking me if I knew a mechanic or knew anybody to, to, that could help fix it because she didn't have the means to do so and it was on my heart I said you know what I'm gonna buy her a car so on Thanksgiving I went and purchased her a vehicle and I delivered it to her um and it was it was such a cool moment, man. She was crying, and I was connecting with her, and I got to visit my best friend's daughter, and I got to play with her, and it was such a beautiful moment for me. And I was I was so grateful that that I've, I'm in the position to to do something like that. And now she's like all over the neighborhood, letting everybody know. And oh, Ryan got me the car, and she's like so proud. And oh man, that was that was a special moment for me for sure. You're just like the definition of go big to get big. I love every second of this. So we could we could probably sit in here hang out all day, but we got to uh, we got to keep moving through. So we're gonna jump into uh, our final segment here called the giving round. Some some rapid fire questions with quick answer. Are you ready? Oh, let's go. Brag on one charity that you like. Uh, hospitality Helping Hands. Yeah, so Hospitality Helping Hands, why I love that is he uh, he has a chain of restaurants here in, in South Florida. And when the pandemic uh, started, he literally kept all his employees uh, on payroll and he literally had food lines. And I think he gave away like millions of meals. And mm -hmm. and he, he literally spent all his money. He got PPP loans. He took all that PPP money and just gave the food away. And it was so awesome. Um, he actually started employing people that, that didn't have jobs. And it's funny cause he's actually running for mayor in Palm beach, uh, this year. So yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know much about that, but, but I just think it's so awesome that a man 
you know, in, in, in some of the most scariest times, really not knowing what's going to happen. He gave it all, put it all on the line because, you know, restaurants were, were one of the businesses that really, really hit really hard. Yeah. They got hit hard. And so he, he jumped right up and, and started serving. So I thought that was so awesome. Nice. What would get you more excited donating a $1 million check or spending a week physically helping others? Ooh, I, so I guess I would ask like, what, what would create more impact? So if I got to choose what would create more impact, that would be the path that I took. If, if the million dollars I knew was going to impact more people, then I would write the check. If I knew that spending time helping people was going to create more impact, then I would do that. Whichever one could create more impact, I would take. Beautiful, man. Uh, who inspires you with their giving? So, I, I mean, you mentioned them, Tony Robbins. I mean, he's he's already given away billions of meals. And I think he structured uh, a deal with a Russian billionaire where they're going to deliver 50 billion meals. Um, and it's so cool. I mean, we actually just started a not-for-profit called We Level Up Academy. And we're actually taking a lot of the the trainings and the curriculums that that I teach here and we're going to bring them into schools um, to teach kids and, and, and build a mentorship program um, for kids from sixth grade up until till they're 18. So that's rolling out now. I just thought of it I, when I thought of Tony, because Tony's the reason why I started that. So yeah, I thought about that. That's awesome. Would you rather a coach or a mentor? Ooh. It's tough because like a mentor... Is somebody that like truly loves you and is in, is is like there with you. It's like their 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 it's like their life mentor. They're they're always going to be there. They, you can always count on them. But then at the same time, like a coach is intended to push you, is to push you past what's comfortable. And sometimes, depending on the mentor, the mentor isn't going to push you as hard as a coach would. So I would have to say I'm gonna say mentor just because I'm such like a passionate person and I <laughs> I, I love I love people so I would say mentor. Sorry for giving that type of answer. I couldn't help it. That's <laughs> for beauty, dude. Uh, what's the first thing you think of when you hear "go big" to give big? Oh man, it's like the definition of of the life I live. So I thought it was so cool that this is actually my first podcast and I'm with you guys because that is literally what I do, man. I go as big as I possibly can. And what's cool about it is like, I feel like I'm just a facilitator in, on the journey. I'm just the, the, the spoke in the wheel. And, and I pushed us as an organization, as a team to go as big as we possibly can so that we can impact more lives. And, and like money is like a byproduct or, or secondary to how many lives we can impact. Because if I can impact 10,000 lives and every single one of those people stay sober, then the likelihood that I'm going to be successful financially is going to be much greater. So like, that's our focus. Our focus is to, is to, is to go big, man, is to, is to impact as many people as we possibly can. And that's the, the start of this journey, guys. Like I, I've been through so much in my life and it's, it's my responsibility to be vulnerable, to be honest and let people know, because this stuff isn't easy, man. Like this is scary getting online with people that you don't know and being vulnerable and being open. And because a lot of people, I mean, you guys know this and, and, and the news outlets, I mean, people are so kind out there, you know, so really putting yourself out there. And, and I love what you guys do, man. I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this and, and you're helping me uh, serve my mission, man. So thank you so much, guys. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for being open and present with us. In one word, describe the feeling you get when you give. Grace. Grace, beautiful word. Great choice. And the final question we got for you, man, uh, it's the age-old question that uh, always gets asked around. I'd love to hear your answer on this. Do you believe that money can buy you happiness? Ooh, it's such a deep question. I mean, so and it, I mean, so like on the surface, people are going to say cliche, like, no, money can't buy you happiness. I mean, money can afford to pay you, uh, get, buy you a therapist. A therapist can work on you so that you can't be happy. Um, money can be used as a vehicle to, to help people. So I, I think, yes, the money can buy happiness. Um, I don't think money in itself will make you happy. I think that it's a vehicle that you have to use to eventually get happy or become happy or take the steps necessary to be happy. So that, that would be my response to that. That's a beautiful answer, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. So look, Ryan, we got to wrap it up there, dude. That has been a phenomenal episode. Uh, I know I'm going back to reread a bunch of notes that I took. 
uh, from this one. I'll re- re-listen to the episode because it was so good. But uh, I want to give you a second to just brag on yourself for a sec. How can people get more of you? How can they find your content? How can they get immersed in what you're doing? And uh, just learn to like virtually mentor under you because you're such an inspiration to so many people. Yeah, thank you so much, man. And this is definitely something I've been practicing on most recently. It's very hard for me to to receive gifts or it's very hard for me to to compliment myself because I'm, I'm just so like driven on, on serving others. And so I've been working on this. And so a, a way to connect with me would one, obviously follow me on my, my social media, which is ryan.zofe, um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we also have uh, a website called welevelup.com and there's a personal development tab um, that you can sign up. It's free to come to our personal development seminars. Um, they're held here in Delray Beach, Florida. We'd love to have you. you just have to pay for your own um, room and board. Um, it's a 20-hour program. I'm literally pouring everything I have into you. Such a cool community. There's usually 60 to 100 people. And that would be the best way to get connected because then we get some real FaceTime and we get to work together. And and that would be an awesome way for me to meet somebody as well. And so I would say that'd be the best way. Dude, that is phenomenal. You're such a giver at heart and I absolutely love it. So Dude, thank you. Thank you for coming in and inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals so we can give bigger with our profits. And uh, I'm excited to to stay in contact with you and see what kind of magic we can do together because I think this is going to be the start of a really cool friendship. Yeah, man. I love you guys. Thank you so much, Randy and Steve. Awesome. Thanks, man. You guys have a great day. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of go big to get big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can. And it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.